Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly and tonight I'm here with Anna Maria Rook, who's one of the two co-editors of Ella Cycling Tips, which is the new women's cycling website, the um, sister site of Australian site cycling tips. Um, coming from the USA, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's nice and sunny here in the US. Oh, perfect. So you um, took on the job of uh, co-editor this year. How's it been? It's been great. I don't think any of us expected the site to grow as fast as it did. Mm -hmm. um, and it's only six months young, and we already have two full-time editors and about a dozen contributors reporting from all the continents. Excellent. I mean, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in it, because you've been writing about cycling for years, haven't you? I have, yeah. And that's why you and I know each other. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I started writing about it just purely out of my own interest and mainly tweeting and, and doing the social media um, about women cycling. And um, at some point, Wade, who's the publisher of Cycling Tips, approached me uh, and asked if I wanted to get involved with um, launching a sister site for Cycling Tips. And I said, sure, absolutely. And so I was involved as a consulting editor for a bit there. And then, um, you know, over time, it just uh, became obvious that we needed another full-time person on staff. And we found the funding to do so uh, in May. And that's when I made the switch. I quit my actual job and started doing this full-time. That's so exciting. That's pretty much living the dream, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, was it, I mean, was it scary when you, you know, quit it, quitting your job and, and doing this full time or was it just, or, or did you, we, I mean, I guess if you've been involved in it, you knew that they could cope with it. Yeah, no, I mean, I was absolutely excited to go do this, um, but it's always scary, you know, when you have a very well-paying job um, and then you take the step down to being a full-time journalist again. Um, mm. it's, that's always risky. Um, but I was so excited about this and, um, getting to talk all day about the things that I love, uh, couldn't get much better than that. <laughs> I know it's amazing. I mean, what's been your favorite part of it so far? Oh, just how, um, diverse cycling is, uh, you know, you got the racing, you got the commuting, you got the recreational riding. And then this just, it just, for me, uh, reiterates my passion for the sport and for, for the, you know, way of life that cycling is mm -hmm. and to see that this is global you know it's not just me and my friends it's, it's everywhere in the world uh, and it you know people fall in love with cycling every day and I think that for me is is uh, my favorite part yeah yeah um you're Dutch Dutch American is that right I'm actually just just Dutch um I just happen to live in the U.S. <laughs> so you're a Dutch woman living in the U.S. but working for an Australian-based site <laughs> yeah how do you juggle all that? What, I mean, what's, is there any kind of interesting things that have come up around that? I mean, especially the Aussie side. Well, what's been good is, is I've been able to do a lot of interviews in um, the writer's native tongues. So in Dutch and German and whatever. Um, that's, that's been a, a nice benefit that I do know those languages and I can talk to them in their native tongue. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, um, I may be multilingual, but I'm still lear learning Aussie slang. Um, and that is, uh, that has a learning curve to it. <laughs> I learned, um, that you don't say rooting 
or to root for. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, which is a very American thing to say, and apparently not not the right thing to say in Aussie slang. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just yesterday, I learned words like servo and esky, and and so that's been really fun. <laughs> yeah, and then of course there's the time zones, right? I mean, I work in three different time zones, which can be, um, you know, hard to juggle sometimes. Yeah, because you're on. I mean, I guess I, we have this all the time. Cause I podcast with Dan in Australia, and it can be just. And, and then when when it's and it's three different time zones, and then when the clocks change, it's three completely different time zones again. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Because our my co-editor Jesse is in Spain right now. And then our um, headquarters are in Melbourne, Australia, and then I'm in Seattle, Washington. So there's a eight or nine hour difference with me and Jesse, and then a seventeen hour difference with me and, and the headquarters in Melbourne. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I guess that's the kind of you know sitting up till late at night or getting up stupid early. Yeah, and then go for a ride in the middle of the day. That's, that's, that's a benefit. <laughs> I get some sleep at some time. Right. <laughs> So what does your job consist of day to day? Um, you know, it's it's more editing and edit, um, editor duties than it's writing. Most people are like, oh, you just sit around and write stories all day. Um, that's not quite what it, the job is like. Um, although I do a fair bit of, of interviewing and, and writing stories. But day to day, it's a lot of um, um, setting the editorial calendar editing the pieces that come in, sourcing for new content for weeks to come, um, coming up with ideas for other contributors to write. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Managing photographers, freelancers, um, seeking interviews with people. Mm-hmm. And what's, been, what's your favorite bit? Mm, I, I, I mean, I love writing. So I, I love talking to people and then... Um, turning it around into a story. Mm-hmm. And what's your least favorite bit or biggest challenge? Biggest challenge, late nights. I'm an early bird. I have a hard time with late nights. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of the work, is I mean, is it? Is, is it? I, I guess it's been. It's it's a couple of months now, isn't it? Is it what you expected it to be, or is it changing all the time? Because it it must be quite exciting working for a developing site like that. Yeah, I mean, it is. We, we are still so new that so you know, occasionally there are some growing pains, and they're not pains. They're just um, trying to figure out how we're going to do things. Um, but I, my background is uh, in journalism. I've, I've worked for a newspaper before as the editor, and so um, I was very well aware of what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. I, what were you, I, I, kind of, I kind of don't really know what to ask you. There are so many questions. My, my head's just full of questions. So I guess, can you, you know, what, what questions were you asking yourself about this before and what were your answers to them? Well, I've got questions for you too, if you want to turn it around. Oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> go well, for it. you've been doing this for a while now. Mm. Um, uh, do you want to make this your full-time gig? I don't know. Well, this is the this is the this is the million dollar question for me. Um, I've been asking myself that for this year. I've been working. Last year, I freelanced pretty much funded myself for most of the year on cycling. And this is the question: What do I want to do with my life? It's the traumatic question of uh, my next couple of weeks. Really, um, yeah. It's I love cycling. I love it a lot. But you know, you also have to then have the things about: Do I really want to write about oh the latest trauma? You know, like 
this year's European Championships, why why didn't Great Britain send a team to the European Championships? Which you know I've pretty much talked and written about for the last six years. I, I just can't be bothered. You know what I mean? You're like, oh God, do I do I really want to talk about this? You know, do I want to talk about that person's doping past? You know, do I want to write about Jeannie Longo riding the Prudential Ride London Hundred? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's it's those sorts of things that that kind of. And the difference between what you're, what one is interested in versus what what other you know what your readers are interested in, I kind of find that quite an interesting balance. Sure. Yeah. I mean, how do you? I mean, what, how how are you? How do you, how do you manage that, or is it? Yeah. So we. I mean, since we do not we do much more than racing. We do recreational riding, and and uh, um, we try to cater to brand new bike riders as well, and mm. so. Um, that automatically diverse, diversifies your content because every day you're, you're going through the content and you're like, all right, who does this speak to? Are we reaching our um, recreational riders? Are we reaching people that love bike racing? Are we reaching people that are brand new to cycling? And so we put everything on there from maintenance tips to, you know, this is what the course is going to look like in Rio. And so mm-hmm. um, you do get to talk to, about different topics every day. Um, and while we each bring our own passion to the site uh, i mean R- jesse loves bike racing she could talk about racing every single day all day mm-hmm. and uh, i race my bike as well so i'm a big racing fan as well um uh, but i also really appreciate recreational cycling and getting around by bike and, and having that be your lifestyle and so we balance each other out and uh, we make it a conscious effort to make sure we do diversify our content yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I guess sooner or later we're going to have a big doping scandal hit women's cycling, like we did, like with the men, because it's just never. I mean, I guess the interesting thing is that you know people like Hannah Solovey can can dope and come back and then be kicked off a stana and it goes completely under the radar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, we try to celebrate like the sport. We like to keep it positive, and so I'm secretly hoping these kind of <laughs> topics won't come up, but uh, because it's it's not a it doesn't put cycling in a good light. Mm. And what we try to do is, is celebrate our shared passion for cycling and keep it positive. With that said, we always have to keep an eye on the big news stories that are developing and a doping scandal is is likely to happen. Yeah, depressing me. Um, depressing yeah, me. Yeah, really. so sad. I mean, I suppose, I suppose what bothers me about it is I, I'm the same. I don't, you know, when you, when you get to set your own agenda, you don't really have to say... Um, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you have the luxury of not having to talk about Lance Armstrong, for example, as a random, you know, as a random thing, or, or Oleg Tim- Tinkoff, or all of that stuff. But I do sometimes worry that we, that you know that, that you know that whether there's that brushing under the carpet thing. That I feel like it's quite a fine line, isn't it? I don't want to bang on all day about the inequality of wages, but equally, I don't want to pretend that it's not happening. I mean, how are you as an editor? How are you finding setting that line? You're right. It's a very fine balance. Um, I think when we, we actually have written about what women do make in the Peloton, and those kind of stories are tend to be longer, in-depth stories that take a long time to put together. We talk to a lot of people. And so we run one big story rather than multiple little stories, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when things come up, we, we reference that original story. Um, and so it, it's there. We acknowledge it. We want to talk about it. We raise awareness about it, but not to the point where it's um, you won't find an update on the women's wages in the Peloton every week or every month. Mm. There has to be a, a news angle about it, or um, it has to be relevant. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? It's it's kind of the other thing is is that once you've been around the sport for a while, you become immune to some of this stuff. Do you know what I mean? I I kind of still get surprised that you know the Euro Champs was just this weekend, this week, this weekend gone, and I still get surprised that people are asking me the same questions they've been asking for years. But that's because they're new fans coming in, and I can't yeah. I can't criticize it because you know I want to share that, but at the same time, it's kind of like oh well, you know, where do you where do you keep going with that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then the question is, do you recycle content or do you find a new angle for that story every single time? Yeah, or, or, do, you I, just, or do you just like, just put it in, a, you know, I, I did it this time by just putting it in as a side to my collection of videos. Yeah, yeah, they weren't here. Here's an interesting tweet <laughs> by Helen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we get the, um, I get the question almost every week. It's like, oh, why is there no women's suit of France? Yeah. And like, the more you know, the harder it is to actually give a, a straight answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. How much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. 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 Why is there no women's team Sky? And uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my not, my common answer now is that's the question, isn't it? <laughs> that's like, a good one. Yeah. It's just like I I I can't even you know why why I have no idea. It's it just is. But but also I kind of feel like sometimes there's I don't want to go along with it do you know what I mean I don't want to make it sound like the status quo has to be there forever because there is something yeah. about bringing these these things to a wider audience that 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 I think does change things has yeah I, and I fully support that I mean we need I think it is our duty um you know as journalists um to raise awareness about these issues and make sure people know about them we can't sweep them under the rug but at the other end we can't constantly talk about the same yeah issues. yeah yeah because yeah. then people lose interest yeah and especially when there are so many exciting stories about women's cycling you know there are still so many riders with amazing stories or doing fantastic things off the bike and on the bike and pushing boundaries everywhere that makes me you know that that's what keeps me doing it basically yeah and that's exactly what we want to do in terms of like our race coverage isn't straight up results uh mm. we we get rider stories so we do rider diaries and, and we get um we like to introduce the writers to people um you can't flip on your tv and and fall in love with you know this or that writer or or you know you can't buy a poster necessarily in you know your local store and hang it up um for your kid and so it's up to us to introduce the women's peloton to the general public Mm -hmm. and uh that's what we're trying to do yeah and one of the things that I find interesting is the links with the commentariat because you're you have quite a lot of comments you know it's you know that Aussie thing of yeah yeah we pride ourselves on speaking our minds and and stuff <laughs> and we yeah, you know you. I I how do you manage that because I that's something that I've found quite challenging I guess with various sites Yeah um well you and and, and Dan spoke about it when we um when our publisher Wade um spoke up about the comments uh, regarding the Amanda Beatty case. Mm. Um, and so we we didn't at first have issues with, um, you know, negative comments on the women's site. A lot of people had issues with there being a women's site. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, and so it, what it, it, it took some effort on our part just to monitor those comments. And luckily... Um, our readership is, is pretty good, and, and they would um, 
take care of the negative comments in the comment section themselves rather than us having to jump in. Yeah. But every once in a while, we do have to jump in and actually explain ourselves or, um, you know, every once in a while, there's a little bit of a um, discussion happening in the comment section. But in general, um, it has been uh, much, much better than it was when we first launched. The the opinions, uh, public opinion regarding women's cycling in general, I think is is uh, shifting and that reflects in our comments. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I guess the other thing is, is that the people who didn't want a women's cycling site were the kind of people who are, you know, the kind of dudes who are like, oh God, I don't want women's cycling, it's shit. And then you can't read your content and still think that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I always wondered why, well, why, why, you know, if you don't like it, don't read it. You know, it doesn't hurt anyone that there's an Ella tag at the top of cycling tips or they have to scroll down past, you know, women's stories. But then I've had never had any... Um, truck with you know when we when we used to ride on podium cafe and people would complain about there being women's stories on the front page that oh my god they had to like scroll down past <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like yeah I, I, I can't be asked with the hour record but but that's not that doesn't mean that it offends me that anyone else does it was quite and I kind of feel like maybe your content spoken for itself in that respect that you can people who, who are like oh women's cycling is boring and a waste of time they can't really say that when you're reading these amazing stories by amazing riders or, you know, ha- people having awesome adventures or whatever. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think our um, we do have strong content and we don't take any of those negative comments uh, personally. With that said, the one thing that um, saddens me is that we've been unable so far to get women to jump into the comments. Oh. Um and so it's our comment sections are heavily dominated by our male readers, and some women have said that they just didn't feel the comment section was friendly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know what more we can do to encourage women to actually jump in there and, and let their voices be heard. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we are living in the culture of Gamergate. I mean, Gamergate, for example, is right something that's freaked me out, like, uh, sometimes I feel like, should I say this or should I not say this? Because, you know, what if I bring down the whole howling mob of, you know, we saw it with um, a couple of years ago where that woman said, you know, um, I've got her name, Rebecca Watson, said, hey, guys, don't hit on women in elevators late at night and got absolutely destroyed. You know, and we saw it <laughs> with, um, you know, there's all sorts of things where it can feel a bit scary to be a public woman on the Internet in ways that it didn't maybe, you know, five, ten years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think, um, I mean, sometimes you have the, I think women are um, hesitant to jump in, even, I mean, you don't have to be completely um, public about who you are, you can pick a nickname, at least mm. on our website, and, and comment, I, th- I just think they're, mm, th- the opinions that uh, are negative are so strong, that why even bother when yeah 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 I'd generate more negative comments than yeah. positive yeah and back in the day when I was on the BBC 606 forums my friend Caroline uh, Carnales uh, was clearly the most knowledgeable person but she was also someone with a, a public publicly stated oh. as female and people would just say oh you only like Fabian Cancellara because you like her ass and stuff like that which was just so when she knows everything about Belgian cycling and cycling you know it's just it was just ludicrous but I kind of feel like, yeah, there's... I mean, I guess the other thing that's interesting for me is for ages I was writing on sites with comments, but people would talk to me about my articles on Twitter. So mm-hmm. that's where the conversation was taking place, was the conversation was less on the sites where I was writing mm-hmm. and more around other places. And it was... That 
that's that modern changing of social media is must be quite frustrating to publishers because you can't then say look you know here's seven people having a conversation about what Lauren Roney wrote over but but it's not on your site and it's not generating your clicks you know yeah no it is and, and one of the things we're trying to do we don't want to just blast information out into the website we actually want to foster a community and um create that dialogue and the problem is that the, the the dialogue isn't necessarily happening um and so we created a facebook site uh we have twitter and all the other social medias and still we're not seeing uh, a two-way conversation mm. it's, it's very much um a one-way conversation and um i have i mean i i have to say the comments have been better and um more frequent on our website but still there's no no real conversation happening which is one of those great things about the men's side on cycling tips mm. where there's always lots of conversation and um i think women are at this point still too shy yeah do you think it's also i mean i i stopped i stopped commenting on cycling sites because i was just so bored with doping stories do you know what i mean like i just i can't <laughs> i i could i could not if I if I never have to see one more conversation about is Chris Froome doping, I'll I'll die happy. You know what I mean? I mean mm. unless unless something happens and there's evidence, you know. But but you can never evidence, you know. Like, you know, people would kind of pop up on my side. Oh, Marianne Voss must be doping because she's won everything. And you go, well, yes, but she's tested year round and she's calling for more dope tests. And she's, you know, I don't think she's. I'm pretty confident that she's not. You know what I mean? I I can I would put my faith in her. I, I wonder how much of that conversation that does happen around the men's sites is 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 circ- you know if, if that puts people off as well you know what I mean like like why talk about this you know yeah and it's negative again I mean you're talking about you're not you're not talking yay you know yeah. what a great race by so and so it's it's always the negative comments that spark conversation and that's yeah that's a real bummer yeah and then there's of course a uh, mansplaining that always happens. <laughs> When our experts um, get criticised for not knowing what, what they say they do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hilarious. I, I I'm always really super happy about that when that happens because it just makes me laugh. Um, but then, I mean, cycling has changed so much because when I first started writing, people would say, "Oh, I'm so bored. Women's cycling's boring," and my comeback answer was, "Oh, really? Can you show me where you're getting to see these races? Because you know, I'm a pretty big hardcore fan. I can't see more than four races a year." you know can you point me to this coverage of these races and we can have a conversation about how boring it is and then they just go silent and slope off (laughs) whereas these days I mean I think I've seen live I'm gonna have seen live racing again like five weekends out of six or you know or four weekends yeah five weekends out of six this this July and August and that was the same last year it's it's changing so much and and as people can see it live that changes the relationship I guess between our kind of media because we're not it's no longer people telling you know it's no longer happening in an imaginary world is it it's now happening on screen and that's great but challenging mm-hmm. yeah no i'm i'm very excited that there's more um live streaming happening and uh, all i have to say that is more of that please <laughs> yeah and, and living in america as well where it's the kind of forefront of random homemade live streaming too yeah there yeah um tour tracker and 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 such are, are great resources to have yeah I, I was thinking about i think it was redlands and the paracycling road worlds last year where they pretty yep. much stuck a camera on someone's motorbike and were you know making it up as they went along really which i'm never going to criticize because that's just 
you know, it's so exciting to have, you know, to see. I mean, Vagorda is the classic example where they went from, you know, uh, just showing the finish line every time they went through the lap to showing the finish line in the hill to now it's, you know, streaming live on TV and all over the world. It's great. Yeah, no, I, I think for me, um, where I saw the change happening was in the London Olympics. Mm. The, the women's road race was so exciting. It was, it was still, I love watching that race because it was so um, active. Yeah. And the men's race that year, in comparison, uh, wasn't. And so I think that's when a lot of people change their attitudes regarding women's cycling. Yeah, I think because I think it's, it's much more televisual friendly. I say this a lot, but because it's shorter, it's a lot easier to watch a full race than it is watching a men's race. You know, I don't think I can watch another men's world again from start to finish. You know, I kind of get to hour five and I'm like, you know, weeping into my cup of tea. Like, why? Why am I doing this? But yeah, yeah. But, you know, but then I can't leave because, you know, I know that if I leave, the exciting thing will happen. Do you know what I mean? And I kind of I, I kind of have Stockholm syndrome with the uh, with the men, you know, with 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 worlds. <laughs> but I think that's also because worlds is, you know, Ponferrada was terrible, you know, just in terms of watching these poor dudes crash and crash and crash and suffer and suffer and suffer like that wasn't that wasn't enjoyable. And I kind of feel like there's there's these advantages around the women's stuff for TV that I think we might see, you know, we might see, we might end up seeing more of it just because it's easier to, you know, you don't have to have such arcane knowledge as you do with the men's side, I think, maybe? Perhaps, yeah. I mean, especially since so many races uh, are coming onto the calendar as new races. Mm. So no one knows, you know, there is no history. Like Strada Bianchi is here, there is no history. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. And, um... So I was going to ask you, do you ever, I mean, you've done this for uh, multiple years now. Do you ever, like, get bike fatigue? Oh, like, totally. You're just tired? Yeah? Totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've really struggled this season with, um, but that's partly because I've been working as, you know, the, working as well. And um, the, But the first half of the season was very difficult for me um, just because it felt like, but that's not so much bike fatigue, it's also personal fatigue. Like, I like to keep pushing myself and do something new and something exciting and it you know I don't like repeating myself do you know what I mean so it felt a little bit like oh I'm just you know am I just doing things that I've done before and that's my challenge is to kind of keep it fresh and then the thing that really excites me always is talking to riders I mean riders are so generous with their time and all my Giro content made me so so happy and you know and getting to you know talk to riders like Eleanor Cecchini for example who's just got thousands of things to say and you know she's really thoughtful and really clever and how can you not love that you know that's that's the riders themselves are amazing and we're so lucky to be in a sport that has such you know thoughtful passionate funny sarcastic blah 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 blah, cast of thousands do you know what I mean oh yeah I mean these women are so marketable um I mean if you want to talk back about uh, why there aren't any coverage regarding women's cycling or, or more endorsements. I, I don't get it. They're so marketable. Everything about them. They're smart. They're great athletes. Um, they're likable. They're accessible. Yeah. You can ask more out of an athlete or a public persona. No, I mean, and there's only, I mean, I can think of maybe four riders who I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, you know, they'll go out of your way to be helpful and kind to the media. Do you know what I mean? And that's like a tiny, tiny, tiny number when, we, when we're talking about the total pool, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and actually, 
that it's fine as well as if you don't want to do that you know no one disses the men for refusing to talk to journalists do you know what I mean it's not their it's they're not getting paid for it it's not their job I, I don't have any you know it, it's never criticism do you know what I mean but there's they're just I, it's such better value for money as well it's such a good return on investment and you know you have you have you have the riders who are just they're just hilarious and you know and so I mean in Britain we've got a thing about having since the Olympics about having you know good role models for girls that aren't just about you know getting made up and uh, being attractive for men and stuff like that and you know these and, and they're kind of like you know just great great role models that you know well at every age you know you have Sarah Story as the you know combining motherhood with being a being a pro athlete for example mm. and you know racing racing Paralympic sport but also racing able-bodied sports you know what I mean there's there's like there's you, god you almost don't even know where to start with Sarah for example <laughs> yeah no they're, they're pretty incredible yeah um who's your favorite your secret favorite my secret I can't have favorites <laughs> oh go on who's your who's your okay who's been the one who's been um who's I guess not surprised you but who you hadn't known much about you hadn't known much about but has become someone that you're now a fan of or Mm. Um, well, I've been very much enjoying watch- watching Anna van der Brecher race this year because mm. um, she's just, I mean, so strong and and starting to round out really well as a as a rider. And she's been around, you know, for seven zeros now, so mm. she's not new by anything uh, any means. But she is definitely a rider that I've enjoyed watching race this year. Um, I mean, I who doesn't love Mariana Vos, right? Every. Yeah. One um, and Yulene Dora came on this year as a bit of a surprise to uh, I think the pack and as well as herself as a, a great road sprinter. Um, you know, being such a track rider, yeah, she's um, fantastic. Yeah, she's having a fantastic road season on top of that, too. So she's been fun to watch. Um, I know they're all Dutch speaking athletes, uh, <laughs> and oh, Megan, of course, Gagne, she's oh. been. My goodness, at the Giro, that uh, that was such a roller coaster and and such drama. You know, is she gonna make it? Is she gonna lose the the jersey on the last day or the last two days? Like, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, she's definitely one uh, I've enjoyed watching. Yeah, I'm so what about you? Oh, I mean, Mariana obviously is my hands down favorite. Um, but I don't know. I you, I'm everyone jokes that I've got like two hundred favorites, and it's probably true. I mean, I. I think Yolene is watching Yolene was just glorious, and and I, I she said last year that she um that the thing that made her that's made her kind of take that step up is um you know she said that she's finished her degree and that studying alongside racing was just you know she hadn't it just gave her more time to recover like she's had more yeah. recovery time and I I love the you know and I love that her and Lisa Brunauer last year I mean Lisa winning three two golds and a silver at the Worlds and especially when she beat um Hannah Solovey to win the ITT <laughs> it's just oh my god you know just just stunning stunning riding but I love them all I mean I just there's so there's so many you know I love like Valentina Scandalara's ludicrous attacking like you know seriously man choose a better time but I you know that's what you should say isn't it but you can't you know Vera Kuwaduda, you know, it's just, <laughs> I like the ones who, who do it, who do it like, they don't, they don't do the kind of sensible thing. <laughs> right. And I love it when but that they, pays off. Yeah. And I mean, there's just the, the passion there. They do it purely for the sport since, you know, that's, there isn't a lot of money so that there's no, 
money incentive to go necessarily win a race. Yeah. Um, and so it's, yeah, you ri- they take more risks, which is why I really enjoy watching it. Yeah, and, and also it surprises me. I mean, we've, we've talked about this a couple of times with Dan about the script. And I, I, am, I'm, I have really, really complicated feelings about the course. You know, I, I despise it until the day that it's on when I fall completely in love with it. You know, like <laughs> it's, it, it kills me that it's like this, you know, it's too short. It's, it's, not, it's not at all in any way set up to show off the women at their best. But then this year with Anna winning from a crazy, <laughs> from a typical Anna attack yeah <laughs> just that's in in terrible terrible conditions you know i mean every single rider i think 20 riders didn't crash and awfulness you know and then when you hear oh well the men's race is being par- partially neutralized and i mean anna winning was just perfection for me because it's it it was you know that's what women's cycling is all about and despite the fact that they're they're not got the best course, you know, it's not like they've got the opportunity to show their what they do on Flanders or the opportunity to show what they do on Stradi Bianchi or whatever. It's it's like you know this this it's a bit like the Prudential Ride London GP. You know, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't show their athleticism at all, uh, no. or at least it's a limited showcasing of their athleticism. But then, like you said, the fact that um, it didn't go as everyone expected it to go, everyone expected like a mash a bunch sprint and yeah. uh, that didn't happen and I think that's that's why it's, women's acting is so great because you don't know exactly what's going to happen and there's always an element of surprise yeah which is nice yeah. so what's been your favorite race oof I don't know if I can answer that one uh as easily as the riders mm. oh I because I there's parts of races that I like you know there's every race where I'm like oh that was this moment um yeah, uh, I don't know. I can't think of one, one specific one. Yeah, yeah. It's What's yours? Oh, my favorite one. I don't know. I see. That's the same for me. I, I, I think about them in terms of the riders. You know what they mean for the riders. I mean, Elisa winning the Flanders. Flanders. Elisa Longoborghini winning Flanders for me was just beautiful. And and when she said afterwards that. Georgia Bronzini had told her that her the problem was that she thinks too much and that she should trust her instincts more. So she did trust her instincts and go. And there was that beautiful thing behind her where people wouldn't, you know, where, where you can win by other teams refusing to, you know, by other teams messing it up as much as you can win by your own skills. Yeah. I just, I just, I find that, I find that, I find that intriguing and fascinating and, you know, and, and, yeah, and uh, by the time you've realised that you should be you should be working together to chase down Elisa, it's too late because she's gone. And I think balls have been you know really suffering from that this year because you know they're so 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 strong, but other teams aren't going to help them, and they go, oh well, we're not going to do it either. And then you know Elisa's one of Flanders, which I love. Um, what's your favourite thing you've written or commissioned on the site this year? Hmm. Um, well, personally, I loved, uh, so I did a piece on Mariana Foss, uh, when she, early on, when she was coming back, mm. uh, to road racing, uh, before we found out that she, uh, continued to be injured, and that was really fun, just because she's such an idol, uh, of the sport, and, and it's someone I've been watching, so being able to interview her, and then, um, get such a nice interview out of it, um, especially knowing now all the heartbreak that has happened since the season with her not being able to race um mm. so that was that was quite nice um let's see 
I should have prepared these questions. <laughs> nah, this we've is... done we've done a lot of content. I have to say, um, we started off quite um, like conservatively with the, oh, we'll do a story a day, and it's quickly evolved in into you know four stories a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy the writer diaries. So we we've done we did them with uh, Tiff and, and Lizzie Lizzie Williams um, at the Giro, and I very very much enjoyed doing and reading those. Yeah. Just get, getting that inside scoop of what it's like to be there, and it's so far from glamorous, and and just getting kind of a, a taste for what is happening when they aren't racing. That that's a very nice um, touch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you, I mean, how do you work them? Is, is, is it, they, do they write them or do you, or do you talk over the phone and you transcribe them or, or do they, I mean, how much editing goes into them? I'm intrigued by those. Yeah. So, uh, depends, but mostly, um, you know, every writer has their own preference, but, um, we mostly call them after the race, uh, and then we record it and transcribe it, um, and, you know, try to stay through the, to their voice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it takes quite a bit of work uh, on our end. Yeah. You know, you do an interview and then you write it and then you want to fit it into a certain format. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess the Giro is always complicated because the execrable Wi-Fi situation, you know. If they're not yeah. got, like some hideously long transfer where they're out of mobile phone coverage, they're in a shit hotel with no Wi-Fi. Yeah, it was constant, like, am I calling? Am I Skyping? Are we WhatsApping? <laughs> like, what, what, how are we trying to get a hold of each other? Um, but they're worth it, I think. I think uh, they give you a very unique glimpse. Um, it kind of feels like reality TV, you know, <laughs> without the cameras. <laughs> I would love to see a women's cycling reality TV show. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I've actually joked with my friends about this. It'd be oh, so fun. It'd be awesome. So the final, final couple of questions. What are your ambitions and goals? What would you like to do that you're not doing right now? Oh, I don't know. I just started this new gig. <laughs> no, I mean, I would like to see Ella definitely become one of the biggest uh, sources for all things women's cycling. Um, I know that's not, given the lack of uh, sources out there, that's that's not that lofty of a goal, but I do <laughs> want to grow it. And, and um, by doing that, growing the sport of cycling in general, getting more people on bikes, Um it's definitely something I always want to do uh, as, you know, my professional careers and personally as well. Just get more people on bikes, get more people in love with bikes and, and sharing the, the great stories that come from the Peloton. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And where would you like it to be? I mean, yeah, okay, so you've sort of answered that. But, you know, in 10 years' time, as the media changes, as social media changes and stuff, you know, to be able to look back and go, yeah, I was part of that. I made that. Yeah, oh gosh, in 10 years, who knows what sort of media we have. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm old school. I love print, um, so, and so I always want to continue working on prints. Uh, I do want to do a couple, you know, publications, and we've got some things in the works there. Um, <laughs> so 10 years from now, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping there would be a couple um, print publications along the way, and then... Um, yeah, I don't know. Will we have websites still in 10 years? Yeah, it's no. hard. Well, this is the thing about, isn't it? I mean, forums, I used to, you know, forums are kind of dying a, a little bit because of Twitter. But, you know, Twitter's, in, you know, in the way that people still don't go on them, um, you know, face, uh, same as, you know, Bebo and MySpace and all of that stuff's disappeared. 
where, where will we be? Some exciting women's cycling world, you know, looking through people's cameras, like you know, looking through people's bike views live while right. they're watching races. Oh yeah, I mean that was so cool about the London GP. Mm. That we could have that live footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely more of that, and I hope that in ten years that the sport of women's cycling is huge. <sighs> that <laughs> people have, you know, photos of their favorite female cyclists on their bedroom walls growing up, you know, that they run around on their bikes going, I'm going to be the next Tour de France winner. Because there will be a women's Tour de France in 10 years. Oh, yeah. Who knows? That's what I would like to see. Yeah, I mean, it already makes me happy because when I first started, people would say, oh, my God, how can I show my daughter that women can ride bikes? And, you know, being really distressed that, you know, their sons would say to their daughter that they couldn't ride bikes, you know. And now it's now they don't have to do that. You know, you can turn on the BBC and there's bike racing. You can, you know, next year will be the Olympics and it'll be step up again. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. It feels good. It feels positive. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, if people want to find um, cycling tips, Ella, where Ella cycling tips? Where? What's the address? The web address? Uh, it's ellacyclingtips.com. Ellacyclingtips.com. And what are your twi- Twitter addresses? It's ellacyclingtips. Is the handle on Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. And where about you? Where can people find you personally? I am A.M. Rook. That's A-M-R-O-O-K on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, thank you for coming on. And, uh, Thanks I, for I'm having really, me. Really, really excited to see what happens next. <laughs>